Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Preview Show. I don't think we are. Yes, we are. We are I'm being told in my ear we're, we're live. I didn't even get, honestly, the inconsistencies on this channel of what happens when, when you're live. Sometimes we see an intro. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes it comes up in big letter, big big lettering saying, you are live today. Absolutely nothing at all. So I just was like, Ron Burgundy on Anchorman. Like, I don't believe you. I just didn't believe I've got no we idea live. what was going on. You didn't know we were live either, did you, Dave? It's no, obvious, no right. clue. Right. I mean, for audio listeners it's just like carnage at the start of these shows i absolutely i imagine they haven't got a clue what's going on here we go christopher hammond's telling us in the chat we are live so we may as well start the show dave this is an 1874 preview show as villa take on fulham at villa park sunday two o'clock another sunday two o'clock game dave my Scott sports news colleague how are you very well, thank you. Yeah, I went to the game last night. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it was. It felt very cold. I must admit, there last night. Oh, it's but, freezing. Uh, the the victory warmed us up, didn't it? No, it warmed the soul. Warmed warmed the cockles. Did, didn't it? Didn't it, Dave? Red. Sai <laughs> AVFC is in the comments as well. Always good to know that Sai AVFC is awake when we do these shows. Did fall asleep in a podcast a few months ago, as I like to mention every single show. Now let's talk about last night a little bit, Dave Villa. Feels like we've kind of navigated our way through that group now with, with with three wins in a row. Three wins usually sees you through in a group, I, I would say. Made it more difficult than it needed to be, but actually quite enjoyed the fact that, that we came came from behind. I think that's a that's a good omen. That's that's a good sign. It's not something that we do frequently, it feels like in, in my head. That that could be wrong. That could be something that Emery's changed historically. But in, in my head, I feel like if we usually if we go one down, we don't win the game. So great to come back and, and win the game last night. Carlos getting his first goal, but then going off injured, as seems to be the way with him. Every time he gets a bit of momentum, it starts to get going. He, he breaks down with something so that's unfortunate. Hopefully he's not out for too long. And great to see Ollie Watkins on the score sheet as, as well. He'd only been two games without a goal 
Ollie Watkins, I think, I think Dave, maybe three. I think, I think it's two in my head. But you always feel like going into a Premier League game, if Ollie Watkins has scored in the last game, you feel like he may go on a run again now and score, score a few goals on Sunday. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, there was some good positives last night. I thought Tielemans was good, mm-hmm. uh, first half in particular. Uh, I thought Bailey did well again. Watkins kind of came to life a little bit in the second half. I wanted us to, I wanted us to kind of get the ball into him a little bit quicker and a little bit earlier, and kind of involve him a little bit more in the build-up. It, it seemed like he was, it, he was a little bit out of the game until really he got involved and in, in that second half to uh, and and got his goal. I thought he was, I thought he could have been involved a little bit more, showing to the ball or even them just firing it into his feet. Because I thought he had. He had the beating of their defender and it kind of carried on from the Nottingham Forest game, really, where he was kind of defended really well. Nottingham Forest defended him really well. And I was just waiting for him to sort of get in the game last night. And eventually he did. I thought we could have maybe fed him a little bit earlier. But it was nice to see him score. Obviously, Douglas Louise came off the bench and and, and dropped a, a 10 out of 10, which is nice to see. Um, so, yeah, and, and like you say, it's... I was expecting them to be better than the the game at their place, and it, that's the way it turned out to be. Um, I thought it would be a difficult game last night, just because they'll 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 come and they'll they'll, they'll be much better, and that's and that's kind of how it turned out. So a, a good positive performance. I, I feel like again the the away leg, the, the away leg, but the the reverse fixture in the group. I, I kind of described it as a more mature performance on air uh, last week or the week before. And it felt like another mature performance again last night, but in a slightly different way. You know, maturity in terms of, uh, you know, not being unsettled when we went behind and also just, you know, continuing with the way that we like to play, uh, even though, you know, the, the flow of the ebb and flow of the game wasn't with us for the whole time. So a, a different kind of maturity, I thought, last night. And yes, now you, you would like to think that we, we're going to qualify for the next stage and hopefully as group winners as well. I almost feel like in these games that we're holding something back. We named a very, very strong team. It was a touch stronger than, than I thought we'd go with actually last, last night. But I feel like we're kind of managing ourselves through the game so that we're able to keep the fitness and keep the sharpness and, and go in the style and the, and the tempo that we want to go on Sunday. And it felt to me a little bit like that and that we exerted ourselves a little bit more when, when we went one down just on um, on Louise coming on. He's obviously Villa's key man really into in terms of outfielders lovely link up for the goal lovely ball in I don't know don't know whether you saw it but Emery was talking about Louise after the Forest game it's kind of putting me putting a bit of pressure on him actually saying what a good player he was but saying to him I want more from him I want more goals I I want more assists and Dougie's obviously responded and got, and got an assist straight straight away I thought those comments after in, in the last week were really interesting because Louise is, is Villa's he's Villa's player of the year last season he's probably been our player of the year again so far this season as well. It's interesting that uh, Emery decided to, to single him out and say he wants more from him. He didn't do it in a in a nasty way, but he, he I thought that was really intriguing. Yeah, uh, I think it was and before the Brighton game at home, I think he said he wanted him to score more goals and then he scored in that game. And then now he says, you know, he wants assists and he's hoping for him to add, add into that game. I think it just shows really the, the development that Unai Emery believes that he's still got and he's not still reached his highest level. And, you know, if Unai Emery is recognising that in a player, given his wealth of experience in the game, you, you think then that Douglas Louise would be able to take his game to a, to another level than what we've seen already this season. There's no, there's no doubt probably he's been the standout player this season. And I think for him personally, it's it's now feels like he he kind of knows where he wants to be on the pitch. You know, when... Villa first signed him, he was 
kind of was he a number six? Was he a number eight? Could he take the ball off the centre backs and and build play? Could he could he be the you know the attacking midfielder? Does he take free kicks? Does he take corners? Does he take penalties? And now it's kind of the, his game has developed somewhat, and now you feel like he is that box to box that's able to um, score goals. He's able to provide assists. You know his set piece delivery has been key as well. So I think from his development. He's now kind of nailing down his position and, and knows, just given with the experience of playing in England, really, I think it's taken him time to get used to the game, to get used to, used to the pace of it, the physicality. And now we're seeing the fruits of that, really, because I think he has nailed down his position. Yeah, it's really interesting, even in a game where he didn't start last night, you know, we kind of needed to get him on. And as soon as he came on the pitch, we we, we did look better, actually, not, not having to go at Tillemans, because I, I really like Tillemans. But as soon as Louise came on, we did, we did look better. And obviously, you know, he's a great player to, to bring off the bench, Dougie. And it was a, a kind of goal, I've not really, I don't really remember scoring too many goals like that under Emery, actually, with the with the kind of central cross. that, that It was almost like a De Bruyne cross. Really, that's the kind of cross that De Bruyne does from, from from the middle of the park, and Watkins getting on the end of it and, and scoring a header doesn't score loads of headers, but he's quite quite proficient in the air. So it was it, it was a nice goal and leads us into Sunday nicely with with Watkins getting back on the score sheet and Louise, our key player, having a rest in my opinion. Before we crack on with the rest of the show, this show is actually sponsored by Manscaped, and the other day I recorded a little message to tell you all about what Manscaped have to offer. So hopefully Lee will roll the clip. Manscaped have been a friend of the channel for some time now and they have launched a fantastic range of facial hair products including the new Handyman Electric Face Shaver. This is designed to give your face that smooth finish without the mess of a wet shave and it's the perfect tool for men with any beard length. So I've got it here in front of me. It's a very nice little bit of kit. looks like uh, a little bit like an old mobile phone actually in, in some way. So I haven't actually used this yet but it's very compact. It's very small and yeah, so feel like it would make a good Christmas present because I, I don't ever wet shave but maybe this would encourage me to wet shave more because it is less faffy I literally just whack it around my face and it, it does the job so I haven't used it yet but it looks like a nice piece of kit perfect as a stocking filler this Christmas now if you have a fuller beard like I normally do They've also got a product called the Beard Hedger. And it comes in a lovely little packet like this. Not packet, it's not really a packet. Is it comes in a lovely little travel case, let's call it. You just charge it up. It's a USB charger, so you just whack it in and charge it on USB. And it charges very quickly. Now, I have used this today. You'll notice I've basically taken my beard off today using this product. And, yeah, really, really good. It goes down from a... So basically, you can start at a really high length. The highest length that you can start with is an eight, and it obviously goes all the way down. Now, I used a two to take my beard off today. I've got my beard down to a number two. It was really quick. It did what I needed it to do. And again, probably a good stocking filler to, to give to someone who, who needs a product like, like this. Apparently, their cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all in one with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. And in fairness, that is true because I've just got the, the one thing on the top. So these things, with the, with the way that they've got the case as well, you know, easy to take away and just, just stick in your wash bag. And with Christmas coming up, you know, these are the kind of functional gifts that, that men like. So yeah, I'd have a look at these. If I was you, and obviously if you do do it and you use our code, which is the Villa View in all capital letters, you will get 20% off and free shipping. Now, great work from Adam Bates 
yet again because the channel isn't called The Villa View anymore. But the code is The Villa View. So you get 20% off and free shipping. All the details are in the description of this video. And I can genuinely review the product and say it's really good because I've used it. And you can visibly see that I've used it as well because there's nothing on my face like there normally is. Made me look about 15 years younger, I reckon. So yeah, if you need some Manscaped products in your life, use our code. You'll get free shipping and you'll also help our channel. Thank you very much, and thanks to Manscaped. Right, we're back. Thank you very much to Manscaped. I was about to say I felt like Don Draper and that a career in advertising was awaiting me, but having looked at some of the facials I was pulling on that video, I can't compare myself to Don Draper or John Hamm in any way at all. So I'm not going to say that. A few bits of laughter in the chat, I can see. For the love of Paul McGrath, Neil, he's going he's gonna to buy a hedger, he says there. I'm going to hold him to that and make sure that he does proceed with the transaction. David, let's talk about, let's, let's not talk about Manscaped anymore. Let's talk about Fulham then. What are we expecting from Fulham? 15th in the table at the moment. Bit of a bit of a bitty start to the season. Obviously, they had all the Mitrovic stuff in the summer. Also, you know, the manager, there was a bit of bit of Kafore over his Kafore word. There was a there was a bit of a bit of a no one knew whether he was going to be there at the at the at the start of the season. And then Paulinia on the last day as well. We were working that day and we were we were like in amazement when it looked like he was going to go to to buy Munich for massive money. So they've had a disruptive start to the to the season. Don't really know what to expect from them because I, I don't think they're a they're a bad team. But it's, you can't really deny that Mitrovic is a is a huge miss for them up up top. Yeah, massive. Uh, you, you kind of summarised their summer quite well there. So, apart from the word that I made up, apart from that that weird Kafura. that weird word, that's yeah. not a word. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the summer was very much disrupted. Mitrovic said he kind of didn't want to play for them. Massive bid from Saudi came in for him. Um, he was the player that Fulham shaped their game around last season. Um, he obviously had the big ban as well for the altercation with the official. And I think if he hadn't have got that, he would have scored even more goals than he did do already last season. They kind of shaped their game around getting crosses into the box uh, and getting him kind of pulling onto the fullback almost at the back stick and, and heading a lot of goals from that, uh, from that position in, inside the penalty area. Um, so the issue around him was very disruptive. The manager also had interest from Saudi. He's just signed a new contract in the last couple of weeks. Um, and then Palini, as you say, you know, he was actually at the Bayern Munich training ground ready to ready to do the deal. And Fulham essentially didn't have enough time to get a replacement in and pulled the plug on, on the deal. And Palini had to come back on the plane and restart training and go back in. And I think, you know, testament to him. He's been, mm -hmm. again, once again, their best player this this year, this season, Jao Palinia. So he's managed to get on with things. Uh, I think he was good against Manchester United. Slightly unlucky against Manchester United, Fulham, I thought. But they might be, you know, they'll have to invest in January because I think forward player, a forward player they, they would like to sign. Um, and probably a central midfielder should Jao Palinia leave. So I think January is going to be busy. They will have some money to spend there. Um, and I think they might be a team again who, who kind of, will improve as the season goes on. Look, I think if you'd have asked Fulham fans at the at the end of the transfer window, they'd have said, look, strip it all back. 
I think there's going to be three worse teams than us and we'll avoid relegation. I think Fulham fans would like to have a little bit more ambition than that. I think the manager would like to have a little bit more ambition than that. But given the kind of disruption that they had in the summer, I think if you'd have asked them then, they, they would have said, you know, there's three worse teams than us. And I think that's probably how it's going to transpire as well. And that they'll avoid relegation. They've got some talented players. Um, they've got players who would like to be around that top 10 position in the Premier League. It's just whether they'll be able to piece that together this season. Yeah, I always think, I mean, Pood's in the comments asking Kafouray, who, who does he play for? So it sounds like an old, an old centre-back, Scandinavian centre-back that played for Villa. Joris Kafoura playing, playing at centre-back for, for, for Villa a few years ago. I always think with Fulham, Paulinho is a monster in midfield. One of my, my favourite players in the Premier League, actually, you know, talked about him so many times on, on various podcasts that I do. I think he's been a great pickup for them. And, you know, he missed games last season. They always shipped load, loads of goals in the games where where he didn't play. I always think with Fulham, if you can kind of bypass Paulinho and get through him, which is, you know, not an easy task always, they've got a defence that can be got at. I, I do think that their, their defence is susceptible, although I really like Anthony Robinson at, at left-back. I, th- I, th- I think he's a good left-back going, going both ways. They've also got a good goalkeeper. Who, who makes a lot, a lot of size. So they've kind of got these good individuals dotted around the team and then some some good pros, some some, some good players there. But you wouldn't really fancy them to score a load of goals. That's that's the problem with Fulham. Although Villa are conceding every game at the moment, you wouldn't really fancy them to trouble us too much in defence. They're quite defensive away from home. It's just whether we can break through Paulinho and get past the goalkeeper. Those two feel like the key players to me. Yeah, I think Marco Silva said it into you earlier, early this year that Burnt Leno was probably the best signing that Fulham have made and Great under sign. him. So he's done exceptionally well. I think the you're right about Anthony Robinson. I really like him. I think he's very good at left back. They've obviously had injury issues. Kenny Tett, the, the right back. Uh, Tosin as well, centre back. I, I really rate Tosin. I think he's oh, I like a bright well. future ahead of him. I think he's going to be good. Um, but question marks over whether they'll be back for this game. Uh, I think they've been in training from what Marco Silva has said today. So whether they'll have enough match sharpness to play and what they've done in their absence essentially is have two left footers as centre-backs in Calvin Bassey and Tim Ream. Tim Ream playing the the kind of left-sided centre-back and Calvin Bassey. Now, given Tim Ream's age and no disrespect because he's probably still younger than me and you, but it means they can't play a high line because he doesn't have the pace to run the other way towards his own goal and defend facing his own goal. So naturally, Fulham will have to play a little bit deeper with Tim Ream in there and alongside Calvin Bassey. And, you know, the, the obvious thing when you saw looked at Fulham against Spurs, if people saw the, the game yeah, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you know, Tottenham's press we all talked about, but what they tried to do was isolate Calvin Bassey on his right foot. And I think one of their goals came from one of his yeah, clearances. So if Villa decided to push up and play and play high at the pitch, that'll be something that they'll be looking to try and force Calvin Bassey out wide onto his onto his right foot. I think Fulham will probably, I mean, it, their game against Brighton that they drew will kind of give us a few clues as to how they might set up. So Marcus Silva likes his 4-2-3-1. The question mark is who's going to be alongside Palinia? Um, will it be a more attacking kind of player profile like an Alex Awobi, or will he bring in someone like Sasa Lukic who came off the bench against Manchester United or someone like Harrison Reed who's a bit more of a ball player Lukic is, is another player who will you know likes to break up play rather than kind of dictate tempo so it, it'll be a kind of the makeup of that 4-2-3-1 will be kind of dictated I think by their game plan will they decide to sit in compact the middle of the pitch like uh RZ did last night, like Nottingham Forest did 
last week, compact the middle of the pitch and try and force Villa to build up out wide and get those crosses into the box, which didn't really happen to too great effect against Nottingham Forest. And then the, in forward areas for them, I think they will... The, the, it's a kind of toss-up on the right-hand side. Will it be Bobby Decord over Reed, who will probably have a little bit more in terms of defensive duty if he plays? Or will it be someone like Harry Wilson who plays down the right-hand side and he can offer a little bit more attacking and also can cut inside on that left foot, which Villa will have to be um, be mindful of. And then it'll be probably be Willian on the left-hand side or they might bring in Andreas Pereira as another option who I think he had a good season last season, but has kind of been in and, in and out of the side. And then question marks over who Fulham are going to start up front as well because... Rodrigo Muniz came off against Manchester United. Now, Marco Silva said today that he's going to be out for a while. So, it's a case of, is it going to be Carlos Vinicius or is it going to be Raul Jimenez? Uh, neither of those have got particularly great recent records in the Premier League. So, you're right insofar as it doesn't look like they're going to score loads of goals this season. Although, Villa can't seem to keep a clean sheet at the moment. So, they'll be confident of that. And then you look at the way they're going to set up out of possession... Sort of on the ball, it'll be a 4-2-3-1. And then they'll probably, what they did against Brighton anyway, was set up in a 4-4-2 off the ball and then have one of the, um, <clears throat> basically have it as one of the, whoever the attacking midfielder is, whether that's Iwobi, whether that's William Pereira, they'll kind of join in, in the first line of the press. And then it'll basically kind of be a 4-4-2 that they'll set up. And both the two forward players will sit on Louise and Kamara and try and stop them playing through. So... I think if, if you're looking for clues as to how they might set up that Brighton away game, which they got a point from, is probably a good indicator as to how they might set up at Villa Park. You covered an awful lot of ground there, Dave. Going, going, through, going through the <laughs> bottom turn there. You really, you, you really did. I don't even know where to go after that. I think you covered every player that's ever played for Fulham in the history of the, of the, of the, of the football club there. I was going to say, with, with, with Lukic in, in midfield, he'd probably be the one that makes sense alongside Jao Paulini because if, if they watched Villa last week against Forrest, um, Mangalar and Sonagro, Villa struggled against against that midfielder with two 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 physical midfielders sitting in. So you would, if you're a Fulham fan, you'd probably be hoping that your team does does the same thing again. Albeit Villa are a different beast at home to, to what they are away. Emery didn't do a, a proper press conference today, kind of like a you know, like a Zoom or, or or something where he just meets journalists online and has has a little bit of a of a chat. Alex Moreno was discussed. Luca Dean's been been doing well. I singled him out as at the start of the season in a negative way and he, to be fair to him, he's responded, not that he cares what I think, but he's he's, he's responded and he's been been good for Villa this season. But it'll be great to have another option at left back because quite frankly with the amount of games that we've had at the moment, Luca Dean's just been flogged every week. He's playing every single game. So I get the feeling I've got a sneaky suspicion that we might see Moreno start a home game against Nottingham Forest. I was surprised, uh, not against Nottingham Forest, against Fulham. Even I was surprised he didn't get any any minutes last night, but by the sounds of it, Emery Connors just said the game was too tight to introduce him. I've got a feeling he might play from the start on Sunday. That's with no inside knowledge whatsoever. Do you agree? Uh, no, my hunch would be that Luca Dean starts and he would get maybe 20 minutes. It's been such a kind of long time out for Moreno that I think he would probably only be able to last half an hour maximum, I would have thought. So it would probably be another hour for Luca Dean. And then okay. it depends it depends on the game state, doesn't it? You know, if, if if Villa are behind or ahead or it's tight, you know, that might play into Emery's thinking as it did as it did last night, where he said, you know, the game was too tight to introduce him. I would expect him to have some minutes uh, on Sunday ahead of the international break because then again that's another going to be another two week period where he's not going to getting any minutes so I, I think he will play a part 
uh, on Sunday. I don't think it'll be from the start, but you're right. Luca Dean has played so many games already. Um, but having said all that, I don't really think there's been too many dips in his performance. I think he's looked very no. strong and, and physically capable for all of those games. So fair play to him. Yeah, Tim Concer and McGinn, who don't really ever feel like they they, they get a rest. To, to me, they're the three that feel, I feel like have played the most so, so far for Villa. So it'd be interesting to see how those three's minutes get get managed going forward. Completely forgot. Oh, yeah, Moreno. Last night, half time, I was like, he must be coming on because he was warming up in shorts. He had just like a, a train jacket on the top, and he was absolutely Baltic at Villa Park last night. So I thought he was bound to come on last night, but but obviously he didn't. Fair play to him for warming up in, in shorts because I was freezing in a in a, in a big coat. I, I was. Sorry, IVFC is asking, could we play both Dean and Moreno? Probably not on Sunday, but I wouldn't rule that out as being something that we we see in the future. Obviously, we know Ramsey's going to be back after the international break, hopefully, as well. So team selection-wise, I'm guessing, if, you, if you're right, and Moreno doesn't come in for Luca Dean, the team that played against Nottingham Forest is probably going to get another chance. Uh, yeah, I suspect. I suspect so. Um, I mean, uh, just going back to that that question, I think what we could see is not necessarily Moreno coming on for Dean. It might be a Zaniolo or it might be a Bailey that he comes on for and there's a bit of a shift around in midfield. Um, so he's not given so much of the kind of defensive duties of, of running back and lots of 1v1 defending that you might have to get in those full-back positions. So I guess that's a possibility. Um, team selection-wise, yeah, I think it'll probably be it'll be the toss-up between Zaniolo and Bailey again. I think the fact that Diego Carlos looks like he's picked up an injury will kind of mean that it won't be the concert Carlos, Powell, Dean back four. So I think it'll be Cash... Uh, Consa, Powell and Dean as, as that starting back four. The only slight tweak um, I think that might happen is against Forest, Kamara, you know, when we had settled possession was kind of of the right of that back three and Cash was putting on, pushing on. I suspect he might go back to how he's play, played in the past with Cash playing as the lower, as the lower defender there in settled possession and Kamara in the middle of the park. I just feel like You've got to do that, I think. Yeah, I just feel like it, it might just beef things up in, a, a little bit in there if it's him, um, if it's him, Louise and McGinn, kind of in those in those central areas with a number ten, another number ten of Zaniolo and and Diaby. So it, it's just a case of whether McGinn plays on the left or McGinn plays on the right, and then whoever plays comes in on the left hand side, whether that's Zaniolo or whether it's Bailey who might play on the on the right hand side, and then McGinn plays on the left. But I, I get a feeling that. It, he might just switch things up tactically in, in central midfield when we're on the ball against Fulham. I think that'd be wise, especially, you know, in transition, William. You know, Cash has had a few problems against tr- tricky wingers on that side in, in recent weeks. So if he's too high up, I think that, that does leave him vulnerable. I think you're right about beefing up the midfield as well because pa- Paulinho in the, in the middle of the park. Simply, he's their, he's their main man. In, in, in the Fulham team, if we do a good job on him, I think, you know, we'll probably win the game. And obviously, you know, at home, Dave, a chance to make it 13 home Premier League wins in a row, which is is absolutely superb. We did we weren't doing predictions, but we're going to bring them back because we did predictions on Thursday and I actually got the score right as well. I predicted Villa 2, Altmar 1. So we're going to bring predictions back because Villa lost to Forest, basically. So we feel a lot of predictions can come back now. What are you saying for a score this weekend, uh? Well, I thought this might happen because I listened to the preview with Jacob. So I, I did have my have in the back of my mind a key player and uh oh, and this prediction. guy does his prep. <laughs> a whole history of Fulham Football Club yeah, and he's yeah, yeah, yeah. for both scenarios. Yeah. 
So I've, I'm going to go 2-0 as, as the score prediction and key players. Clean probably, sheet. Yeah, I'm going clean sheet. I'm going clean sheet this time, this time. Uh, so I'm going 2-0 and I'm going to go with Pal Torres as a key player because I feel like if Fulham pack out at the middle of the park, if they basically stop us playing, it will have a lot more responsibility on the centre-backs to find those through balls to try and break the lines and find a feet of the tens to find a feet of of Watkins. So uh, I think Pal Torres's passing is going to be key come Sunday. Didn't we both pick Matty Cash last week and he went off with a shoulder injury before the hour, before <laughs> yeah. the hour and we lost yeah. we lost two 0 the week before I picked, picked Martinez and he scored an own goal. So you know the picking the key players going really well for this channel so far. I'm going to go for the same deficit as you. I'm going to go for three one. To, to Villa though because I think it'll be quite similar to the to the Luton game this this one but key player wise I'm probably going to go for Kamara in there however he sets up on the ball and off the ball I think you know Paulinho is their their big player and if Kamara can do a job in the middle of the park for us and help Louise run the game I think he'll be the be the pivotal one this weekend Dave thanks ever so much for joining me always a pleasure to talk to you and of course there's an international break after this weekend so there won't be a preview show with Dave and myself next week but there will be a 1874 pod with greg and myself so so watch out for that make sure you're doing all the good stuff on the video and the audio by liking subscribing post notifications on and commenting as well what do you think the score is going to be at the weekend thanks to all of those that have joined us live in the chat as well some good chat going on there although it did feel like si avfc was speaking to himself at times because there was a lot of si avfc in there but good to know he's awake as i always say yeah, if you're at Villa Park on Sunday, I'll see you there. Come up and say hello. Have a good weekend leading up to the Villa game as well and have a great Friday night. And as always, up the Villa. Podcast Network.